I win! I win the impression of Ed from the Lion King face-off. You coughed, and I laughed. I win. What do I win? What is my prize? Sugar frosty foot from the end of my dick. Wow! I'm turning this mic off now. I want this. I want this for the rest of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, and whatever else crept in. Amphibian men? Oh, the lizards. Who are running everything. <laughs> the lizard men. Welcome to another episode of Bian Gan Kyan. Uh I uh Okay. Oh sorry, okay. no. Hashtag Bergan Kyan. Okay. Uh I am everything you ever dreamed of. I am the existential dread that Logan Paul feels before he falls asleep every night knowing that he's doomed himself to this life forever. Then you're like the Santa Claus, because that's not real, my friend. <laughs> that's not real. He doesn't... He feels nothing. Are you sure? He's a sociopath. Sure? He he's, feels nothing. He's in a trap of his own making. You see, Have you seen what he's done? He's sorry, done himself sorry, to this. Sorry to dip into bloody, like, pop culture uh, shite, but have you seen what he's done since... Since he came back to vlogging? Yes. I mean, I've not seen it. As in, I'm you, not sat and watched you, the video. You made the smart decision and watched commentary channels talking about it because it's easier to stomach and you're also not giving him any money. And also that's like a lot of the content that they're making at the moment because... <sighs> it's fascinating. I mean... Zeitgeist! Oh, look, bragging about like this, that and the other and la la and immediately go back to the old attitude and oh, oh, one of my koi's in my pond isn't doing well so I'm going to get it out and give it CPR. I'm going to taste some rats because... I clearly have no empathy for dead things at all. I'm dying inside right now. I just... Oh, this man. This boy. He keeps calling himself a boy. It's like, you're not a boy. You act like a boy. H3H3 did a thing on it, but it's part of their podcast where they, they sort of like talk about that, where he says like, this man, this boy. And they're like, why does he keep saying boy? Like, you're a man, accept responsibilities. But then they realise, he's not saying boy to shirk away any responsibilities. He's doing it for ego. He's having the narration in that video call him boy because then you'll be like, wow, he's only a boy and look at how much money he's making. And lo- Do you know what I mean? It's all ego stroking. Speaking of ego stroking, um... Money, 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 <laughs> the waveform for that is beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's, it's mesmerising, isn't it? In a way, it's like a work of art. It's like, it's like watching a heartbeat. I want to get it printed out and mounted like you can do with your favourite songs. <laughs> you can get the waveforms printed out and mounted like that. So fucking like, oh, you're gonna look at that and go, hmm, sounds like Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like no one fucking does. It's a fucking waveform. <laughs> a pleasing to listen to song does not a pleasing to look at waveform make. I can understand printing lyrics, for example. Yeah, but waveforms... If a song speaks to you. It's just a bit too wanky for me. Yeah. A little bit too much like... I mean, unless oh. you turn it into a pattern of some well, kind. I really like this song, so I got the waveform printed for my study. Oh, God. Well, if you turn it into a pattern, like if it, if it was a board around the room or something like that, and then people were like, oh, that's cool. You'd be like, yeah, it's also my favourite song. Oh, that's a cool little detail. But if it was just, I've printed out and framed the waveform, I'm a little up. It's like having, it's like wallpaper in your bedroom with the the film of your favourite movie. 
Or the like, actual film. Just the, just, yeah, the film yeah, strips. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> it's just like... Well, it depends on the film, though, I suppose. Well, no, because you won't be able to fucking see it, will you? Yeah, but you feel it. Because it'd be tiny little frames. You feel it, feel it. Tiny little frames. Like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, you feel oh, it. Oh, okay. I, I really like Citizen Kane, so I mounted the 70mm print on my wall. I put Carry On Emmanuel on the wall. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. So then I'm feeling that existential dread, and I'm leaning up against <laughs> it, I can stare at naked women and go, okay. Okay. This is... This is kind of hot. This isn't pornography. This is kind of hot. Oh, God, that's Sid James ruins it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we go and sexually harass a woman, Sid? I wonder, I wonder if... Fucking hell, we've not even got to the podcast yet. We don't I, need to. I would, yeah, there's no news this week, so no, we're just doing a bit of preamble. Let's just, talk, um, let's just talk about Sid James. Uh, I wonder... <laughs> he was going Hancock's half hour. I wonder if if he were a younger man <laughs> and had died as long ago as he did, yeah. whether, that, whether he'd be one of the people that people are coming out against now. No, Do you think he was a sexual harasser? Because he looks like a sex pest. I, that, well, that's and his, he only plays well, a sex that's pest. That's his character, yeah, but at the same time... But was he an actual sex pest? I don't think anyone on the carry-on sets had time for anything sinister or untoward because how little money they were being paid. Well, I imagine, I imagine, I imagine on the carry-on set. Oh, but, no, no, you know. you know how little they were paid for those movies? Like, they were paid pittance He was just paid for cigarettes. <laughs> Dirty <laughs> magazines. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, there wouldn't be time to sexually harass people in between things because they'd all be like running to the supermarket at the last minute of the day. Don't you to be buy a... reduced food? Don't you be so a they Sid could James actually apologist. live that way? <laughs> Sid James apology. I've already decided on his guilt. You've predetermined his guilt. Yeah, Sidney um, James, you are accused of being a dirty bastard. I feel like the kind of a lot of those accusations have kind of settled down now. Ooh, well, in terms of modern Hollywood, yeah, um, I think it's just a case. I feel like of... the most of most of that's got out in the open now. After yeah, well, well, it could be it could be that a lot of it has been settled more quietly. Like, no, not in terms of like oh everything's oh, oh, better now, but I feel oh, like no, no, but we've I'm, had yeah. less allegations coming out recently. Then that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think it's definitely opened up people to feel a lot more like uh, courageous and 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 reassured that they're not alone in mm. this and they can actually kind of confront people for stuff. But um. I imagine a lot of cases like that would be more like they sit down with the person and say, look, I feel like you mistreated me here and then, and, you know, confront them face on. And the ones that we saw were more the witch hunt of, yeah, there is a trail of tears and trauma behind these people and we need to talk about it. So maybe that's why it's quieted down. Like the big, like, you know what I mean? The, the, like the people with uh, with a, like, with a ward's worth of, of affected people are the ones who were put on blast. Apart from Roman Polanski and Woody Allen. Who still remain <sighs> miraculously untouched by mm. this whole thing? Like it's mental, isn't it? It's crazy. It's mental. Oh, depressing. Well, speaking of depressing, um... uh, hey! I can't think of a depressing story because I'm great truth. Let's talk about a good one instead, shall we? Toy Fair's on at the minute. Oh! Toy Fair is on. Are you making me talk about toys? I'm freaking making you talk about toys, son. I don't want to talk about toys. I don't think... interested in my toy talking. There was was, um, the London Toy Fair and and, uh, like UK merch shows happened uh, earlier in the month, I believe. Yeah. Um, If you're a fan of Doctor Who, guess what? Fuck all's coming out. Fuck all! So there you go. Because worldwide can't get its act together and actually, you know... Yeah. I mean, there wasn't even like an announcement of like, yes, we are going to be doing a wave of toys to accompany the new series. There wasn't even that. Do you know what I mean? Which is Not depressing. Um, but Big Chief at least were like, yeah, we've got nothing new to announce, 
But you know those things that we told you were coming? Well, here's one you've not seen in the flesh yet. Here's the third Doctor. There it is. Looks pretty good. And Captain Jack, War Doctor, uh, reissues Clara and Rose. Yeah, they're actually getting delivered soon. So rejoice, Doctor Who Big Chief Collectors, for your lack of money due to buying these toys means that you're at least going to get the toys at some point. And then you can melt them down and eat them. Oh, yeah, it was a replacement what? for food. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, oh. But the Toy Fair's going on in New York right now. Lots of very cool stuff. Have you seen um, Hasbro's uh, Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah. Oh my god, it's That's amazing. Awesome. And it, it features basically, it's light, it lights up, makes sounds, and it's basically a puppeteered arm. Like you have grasps inside because there's two versions. Sure, there's the foam sure. like foam fist, which has been made a lot of times, but then they're now like releasing it to Walmart and things like that. Yeah. But then this other one is a big movie style, like metallic looking thing, and inside you pull your fingers and thumbs in, and it moves the fingers and the thumbs of the of the Infinity Gauntlet. It's like that is very cool, very cool, very cool, very cool. Oh oh, clap for Marvel, clap for the logo, clap for Marvel. Ah. Oh. So, yeah. But uh, NECA. Oh, my God. NECA are the boys that I follow when it comes to sort of toy stuff, really, now. Um, I'm not one for buying a million Predators. I've got three Predators from NECA. Oh, like, they're, they're nearly... You're going to army build Predators. Have you seen... Have you not seen the collections people have? Have you not seen the collections people have? I've seen, people will collect anything, It's mate. not. They're approaching the 100th Predator design that they've done. And they're going to make it... I think it's called the Gold Angel. Sure, because they're all based on comic books and the arcade games and things like that. Well, yeah, they 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 um redid like modern updated like high end versions of the Kenner Kenner. Predator figures. Oh oh, yeah, they announced it. They're really good. They announced the Scorpion and the Snake. Oh, the aliens ones are really good. The alien figures are pretty great. Um, Their their Mantis Alien remake was fucking ace. I know that was the only one of those I had when I was a kid, and I sold it. I had had nearly a full set, and I sold them when I moved back up. Yeah, I saw. I sold. Um, I sold mine a couple of years ago. And he, he had pen on him, but he went for like twenty quid. I had all the Mental. marines. I had the power loader. I had, um, I had the hover tread. I had all the aliens. I think all the aliens. Yeah, I had. Oh, I had. I had at least one. I had all the alien molds. I think there might have been a couple. That's because you left them in that box for two. Hey, I think there might have been a couple of recolors I didn't have, mm-hmm. um, and I had. Again, I had all the Predator molds, but I think I didn't have all the recolors. In case you hadn't noticed already, we're pretty freaking dirty, sweaty nerds. I even, I even had the Predator Blade Fighter, fi- like like the this hover bike thing, the yeah, hover bike yeah. thing with the whole claw on the front that just shot off. They remade that. NECA remade that last year. Oh, because of course they did. Yes, they did. In packaging based on the original packaging. Yes, they did. Um. Oh God, is that the Marvel Legends? Oh, whip them out! Yeah, so Marvel so Marvel, just, Marvel Legends are doing an anniversary wave. The first ten years. First ten years. So some are re- more recent characters, some are older characters. Let's have a look. I want to. I want to see them in their glory. Well, there's first off, there's a Killmonger and an Everett K. Ross from Black Panther. As a two, as a two pack. Um, I don't know if they're a two pack. Uh, there is. Oh, they totally a... will be because it's an unmasked Killmonger. So they'll 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 release him with the mask on, like as the wave. Um, surely, I want him in his denim jacket with his fluffy collar. Astonishing Ant Man and Stinger comics versions to two pack they are beautiful uh, shrink and strike ant-man who can literally fire a smaller version of himself out of his own chest because of course he can uh, they're wasp yeah. it's a marvel legends ant-man and the wasp ant-man marvel legends ant-man and the wasp wasp God, they're because of course shows, shows be... that anniversary wave i want to jerk off looking at it tony stark and iron man mark one two pack 
That is amazing. What's the likeness like on Danny Junior? Pretty, pretty good. good. That's pretty good. Um, Ronan. Ronan. Oh, see, I got one of the few Marvel Legends waves I've actually collected in recent years is the Guardians wave from 2014. Um, I will buy Ronan like that immediately. That looks like a nice Ronan figure as well. I will buy him so um, quick. Uh, like Age of Ultron, Hulkbuster and Hulk 2 pack. That's going to be fucking massive. That's going to cost that, a lot. I mean, usually that Hulkbuster would be a builder figure, surely. Well, this might be the builder figure re-released. Because uh, 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 that looks like the Age of Ultron Hulk figure. Um, Iron Man Max 7. Is that Avengers, oh, Avengers yeah. The silver uh, thighs. Iron Man 3. Oh, wow! Extremist Pepper Potts and Trevor Slattery slash the Mandarin. I want that now. That's amazing. What's the more? Oh, the War Machine Hot Rod. Oh, it's like an alternate paint scheme. Yeah. That's amazing. That's what, what's the Paltrow likeness like? That's pretty good. That's that's. And the Ben Kingsley likeness good. is pretty good. Wow. Okay. But, I mean, it looks weird with the leg sculptor's leggings, though. Because it just like, got, I mean, it is just paint on the legs, but yeah. Ooh, oh, Civil War Captain America and Crossbones two pack. That'll be nice because I've got I've got Civil War Captain America, but it is beaten up and fight kind of design, so it'd be cool to have that. Uh, House of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Eh. Not rushing out for that Scarlet one. Spider. Oh, the Kane version. The yeah, Scarlet maybe, Spider. maybe. Doc Ock. Oh, they've finally got round to him again. The, yeah, the, the, the one from The well. one from 2000, and I think that's 2007, that's going to be hard to beat. That's a, that's a chunkier mould. He's more old school. Yeah. He's got the old school tendrils. He's got the Frank Cho uh, tendrils from the Marvel Knights yeah. one. Uh, new um, Marvel, uh, new Electra. Good, because she's she uh, had a terrible release. She was the first female character in the Marvel Legends waves from the 2000s, and she was dreadful. Yeah. Uh, all the all different Daredevil. Uh, okay. The, new, the mm. modern black costume. Yeah. Uh, cloak, cloak and dagger. dagger. I bet it's I bet it's dagger and cloaks just like a display stand. Uh, they're available separately. Two oh, oh, stupid. Um, <laughs> just sell them together. Oh, and SP slash slash DR from Spider-Verse is the builder figure. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a stupid choice, but it looks cool. It does look cool. <laughs> no um, one's going to be clamouring to get that, but it looks cool. The biggest Infinity Gauntlet there in the world. It's massive on a full-grown man, so give it to a child. Ooh, Venom Marvel Legends wave. We've got a nice Venom with, uh, with a head. I think that's a re-release of a recent one. Um, I, like, tooled a bit. Uh, Carnage. Carnage. Again, that just looks like the... Spider-Man, Spider-Man Wombo with a Cletus Cassidy head and a hand accessory. Yeah. Um, uh, who's that? Poison. Oh my god, we're getting into obscure symbiote territory, aren't we? Scream? Really? I mean, that's a pretty neat mould. Oh, Peter <gasps> Porker! Peter Porker, the amazing the spider ham. Peter Porker! <laughs> We've got to that point. Uh, Uncanny X-Force Deadpool, 12 inch. Oh yeah, this would be yeah. a... Uh... Oh no, it's not NECA. NECA do the quarter scale. These are the Marvel Legends ones, 12 inches. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of actually Deadpool. Deadpool in boxes. Oh, uh, X Men oh, Deadpool. It's just a series of Deadpools then. Lady Deadpool. Uh, Omega Red. Oh, okay. I sold an Omega Red. Okay. Sauron. Sauron. Is he the builder figure. figure? Okay, that's cool. Oh yeah, boy. I know. I know. Um, I know. It's no. It's no secret so that I have a love for like for like pulp, pulp stuff and whatnot. Give me a give me an X Men wave where we get Kazar, Shaun of the She Devil, and the builder figure is Zabu. Well, we're getting. I want a saber tooth tiger builder figure. We're getting some more X Men legends. We're getting a modern Magneto. Uh, saber- saber- old school saber tooth. Classic That looks good. That's a really cool face sculpt. Sorry about this, guys. We're just we're just getting hard. That's a really good thing. That's a, that's an awesome thing. Um, Why is it taking this long? Silver Surfer. Oh, that's not bad. That, again, that kind of looks like a, a retool from the retool. Marvel Legends Maybe. original. Maybe. The board's new. He's got a new hand. Yeah, um, the board's new as well. Um, uh, ooh. 
Oh, current comic book Thanos. Oh, new Thanos. That's now, nice. I think that's based on the Builder figure that they previously released. He was a Builder figure. He's fucking chunky, isn't he? Mm. He is chunky. I quite like my Thanos. I've got the Marvel Select Thanos from, like, 2009, 2010. I really like him, though. I think Ooh. he's quite cool. Because, again, he's just bulky and stupid looking. We've got some Solo or Star Wars story figures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black Lando series, looks cool. Han Solo. Black Series Lando. Uh, Lando Kira. really sweet. Kira, whatever name is, the sculpt's Black quite cool. Kira. Um... Like a snowy stormtrooper that yes, that is yeah. nice because it sort of looks like a hybrid between uh, the tank uh, pilots from Rogue One. I think they're mud troopers. I think I've seen them called. No, that's just what someone reviewed them as. Hey. So basically, fam, a lot of toys, but also yeah. a lot of transformers. Oh, mate, so many I'm transformers. Because the power of the primes tie line is underway now, and it's it, I've not seen it at UK retail, but it's like the first two or three waves have been out in US retail now. And they're sweet. And there's really new, really cool new leader class. Like there's a there's a like the leader cl- uh, leader class evolutions figures they're called. Where normally you'd have the leader class figures and they're just the massive ones. Um, but the evolutions, the idea is like there's not so much prime one, but it's the cab transforms into Orion Pax, which is Optimus before he has the Matrix. And then you combine that with the trailer to make full on Optimus Prime. And there's an Anonymous Prime one where it's he, he's a car who transforms into Hot Rod, who's a deluxe class size figure, and then he transforms with his Winnebago trailer from Anonymous Prime's vehicle mode and becomes Anonymous Prime. <laughs> you, you lost me so early on. I, I know. I know. Basically, the options are insane. Yeah. Um. Um, they've got. We've got a look at the. Uh, they're bringing back the combining. Stuff from Combiner Wars. Mm-hmm. So all your deluxe class figures are limbs and all your Voyager class figures are torsos for Combiner figures. Right. We've got I've, a new... I've got, I've got um, your boy. I've You've got, got Combiner Wars leader class Starscream. So what, what is he? Is he a torso? He's a No, he's a leader class figure from Combiner Wars. So he's just a figure. Okay. He's actually a retool yeah. of <laughs> leader class generations Jetfire, who was the first leader class generations figure. Right, so the first generation figure in that size, in that size, but okay. because he's a really cool jet, yeah. he was retooled and, and turned into Starscream, into the Seekers, so into Starscream Complete and Thundercracker and, Thunder and Skywarp. Complete with his tiny crown from the movie. Oh yeah, the Starscream's got the tiny crown. Yeah, um, <laughs> tiny crown Starscream. Uh, Have a look at it, see. If so you yeah, can we've get got right so in. the Dinobots have all got new Power of the Primes figures, who are also a combiner. They've remade the Terracons. For a 1987 combiner team, that's like a post-cartoon combiner team. I think they show up very briefly in like the third series of the of the cartoon or something. Um, we've got a Titan class Predaking. So instead of it being a, a, delu- a Voyager torso and deluxe class limbs, it's five Voyagers. <laughs> Similar to what they did with um, so many the Constructicons during. Combiner Wars, where it was six Voyager class figures, to know the Devastator. Um, <laughs> look, these figures just look really fucking cool. All right, there's so many of them. We're getting more female Transformers. We're getting Moonracer and Elite One. And do they have boobs? Combiners. They don't have boobs. <laughs> they have feminine curves. For real? I was. I mean, I was sort of joking. I mean, that, that's Elite One. There's a sleeker design, yeah. sort of 
Um, um, okay, fair. I mean, they are. I mean, they are just robots. Uh, although she is actually a retool of Starscream. The oh, of Starscream. Okay, I was which say. is quite an extensive retool. I think my favorite. I said this before we start recording. I think my favorite thing about these guys is just how colorful they are. Oh man, the colors are. They, you can see the Voyager class Starscream just behind her. Yeah. Um. um <laughs> yeah, they're just. The vibrant. They're such G one. <laughs> look at them. They look like they should be. On a toy oh. sh- on a toy store shelf in the eighties, like yeah. they're, just, they're just which you know it works because they are from the eighties. <clears throat> yeah, they were born in the eighties. So the many eighties. So many of these, basically any of these that aren't a new character, are a remake of an eighties toy. Mm-hmm. Apart from the new Optimal Optimus Primal, which is a fan vote winner and is a remake of a late nineties, early two thousands toy. Mm. Late nineties toy, in fact. Yeah. So yeah, it's even more fucking neon. I mean, look at that motherfucker! So neon. Basically, the way you got you've got an inner Optimus Primal robot who who then combine who then has the armor for Optimus Optimus, which makes him either a bigger robot or a big ape. So they're not doing like the realistic looking ape. Yeah, the first Optimus Primal figure did. They're doing the Optimus. I would like. I would like right. that. I think there I, is. I think I would break the bank if they. If they. I know that it was one of the ones if, that are like the. If you want to break the versions. bank, there is a masterpiece Optimus That's Primal. That's called. Yeah, I and saw he him. is lovely. Yeah, I got a used soft spot for Optimus Primal because Beast Wars yeah. was my Saturday morning. I've got that original. It was my Saturday morning religion. I think I've sold him. It. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've I think I've sold him now, but I have got that original. Um, I did have that original Optimus Primal somewhere, and he was complete, and he was in pretty much mint condition. But you, I don't know where he is. Now. You've seen mine, haven't you? Yeah, but he's yeah. in that. He's, he's missing his shoulder um, flaps, so his missiles. I don't know how you his, that. his missiles are always out. Um, I don't either. But when I got him back from my mum's, uh, that's the condition he was in. So his his guns are always out, uh, and I think he's missing his mace as well. He doesn't have his mace in his wrist. Oh yeah. Um, but apart from that, he's all together, and I've got a Megatron. Who is missing his? Uh, I think external mask. He had like a black mask that folded around. Oh his yeah, face. the early Beast Wars figures all had that. Uh, had like a, a battle mask. Yeah, which, but they dropped that feature after the first couple of waves. Yeah, uh, because... Optimus is pointless. It's just this spiky head yeah. Voltron looking thing. They got rid of that it's fucking quick light. So dumb. But um, yeah. Oh, so many toys. So many toys. Look at the colours on that Abominus. <laughs> He's ridiculous. Is that someone... Abominous? Nah, that... fabulous. It's like someone. It's like the the paint aisle exploded in fucking B and Q. The paint um, aisle got an erection. Oh, love and it! It released enough boring people's ears. I've talked about toys. Let's but they're, but to... they're releasing Pennywise and Pennywise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those NECA figures look ridiculous. They look amazing, and they're both coming out in August. Nineties Pennywise and twenty seventeen Pennywise. With uh, several heads. And an ultimate gremlin. Yeah, based on <gasps> the first movie. <laughs> uh, which is nice because I don't think NECA did that. I've got a stripe from the first movie. Yeah. And that was released at the time with a gizmo and a poker playing gremlin. <laughs> um, but I don't think they were NECA. I think I think they might have been Sideshow Collectibles pre-NECA days. Sideshow Bobs. NECA did uh, Mohawk in their early uh, cult classics uh, waves. There, I've got He's up there. It's sort of a really basic mold, which was then released as a big statue as well. Yeah. But he's sort of, it's like the like a maquette. He's got no expression. He's you know what I mean, he's just sort of like he's cool and I love him dearly. He's the first Gremlins toy I ever had, but he's also just kind of love there. The jaw on him. He's got a nice jaw, but what NECA finally released a proper Mohawk, he's over here. The pro- released a proper Mohawk oh. this year. He came out last month. 
He's fabulous. Um, he's beautiful, and he's he's mostly a retool of the mold used for Mohawk Spider Form that came out a few years ago, which is, according to Toy Fair, getting a re-release because the demand is so big for it. It's enormous. As it well. is huge. It is the largest Gremlins figure ever made, uh, not counting the the puppets that you can buy, <laughs> like your gorgeous Gizzy. Oh, um, although he's, he is big, I can't fit my hand in him. Because he's tiny. Because he's a teeny kid. Um, but yes, this ultimate gremlin. Oh, oh yes, they released a Mohawk and they released a brain gremlin. It's like a one-off. He's impossible to find. He's not very articulated, much like that Mohawk. Yeah. Um, and the gremlin's line is discontinued pretty much at NECA because the sales aren't huge. Um, because they keep refusing to release a Gremlins 3. <laughs> well. Make Gremlins 3. Don't make Gremlins 3. I want it, but don't make it, please. Um... But like the third wave was going to be Greta, um, oh yeah, yeah, a melting gremlin with yeah. the witch with the witch hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there was rumours they were going to release a standard green one. <laughs> you know the ones with the little the squished faces in number two. Oh yeah, they were going to release a because that's the only sort of uh, face mold they've not made a gremlin of. Yeah, uh, from that film, they were going to release him. Uh, and an alternate version of him with the tattoo needle and the Warner Brothers logo on his chest. You know, the one that's there with the oh, tattoo. Yeah, yeah. They were going to do that. And then uh, future plans were to eventually get around to doing the brain gremlin again. What about the vegetable gremlin? He was on, he was on the, the list as well at one point. Oh. Um, but at least this way, we're getting Gremlins 1 Gremlins by NECA. Uh, it's still in the prototype stage. We don't know when it's coming out, if it's the end of this year or the start of next year. But he looks pretty. Uh Necker said, okay, Twitter, what accessories do you want? And Twitter were like, oh, like the gun, and oh, like, like playing cards, and oh, like some wires to chill. Oh, gingerbread man, and maybe like a bowl so you can have its legs sticking out if you want to, in the thing, the invention, and blah, blah, blah. And someone said, like, oh, an alternate stripe head. And Necker replied to them with, why not just wait for an ultimate stripe figure, maybe? And it's like, ah, shit! So, army builders, beware. You're in for a reduction in cash. You're in for a scare. Um, but yeah, I... Oh, I do want it. I do want at least one. You do. You do want it. At least one. I know you do. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Um, yes. Should we get on to the... Let's actually talk about the main topic of today's episode. Dysentery. Because we could... It, I oh. could talk about toys for the next two hours. We we could. But I'm not going to. Um, Hi to those people who skipped the time codes. Hi! Hi! Welcome, 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 Bjork. Welcome, Bjork. Welcome, Bjork. Welcome, after her your after long career hiatus. <laughs> after Bjork's hiatus, here she is. Welcome back, Bjork. Um, to tell us cheers. So it's been a it's one been night a... in Bangkok makes a hard man crumble. Oh, um. <laughs> So we had um we've had a we've had a pretty busy week in terms of in terms of cinema releases because we had mm. um the Black Panther <laughs> and uh, then shortly after like the day after on Valentine's Day we got the Shape of Water so we didn't touch on the Shape of Water last week because we were too busy going on about the Black Panther mm. <laughs> That's the Black, uh, can I just stop you there that's uh, Black Widow yeah but she's not had a movie yet. <laughs> this one, the Black Widow, yes, maybe. Did you know if enemies very deadly? Answers in a postcard, <laughs> if you get that reference. Um, did you know in, in the set in the sequel album, um, Rob Zombie's character 
is meant to be the same character as Vincent Price is from the original. Well, you really couldn't get any more different people, could you? No. Which makes me think that if he ever gets around to doing a third album in that series, he should cast someone else. And we can just be like, okay, so the idea is that it's just different voices every time. Okay, fine. Because as it stands, it's like, yes, over here we have the... And I'm just like, eh. Who is this mysterious creature? <laughs> Was an insatiable love for the dead. Vincent Price. Um, <laughs> Hello. The shape of water. The shape. The of water. shape of water. What is the shape of water? Hey, baby. The shape of Whatever water. Whatever container it's in. Hey. hey! Um, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, uh, uh, get in touch during the week. Um, shape of water is the is the darling of the Oscars already. It's the one with the. Although it didn't um, do terribly well at the Baftas. As true, as true. Only, but, it, but then again, it's already get best director. But the Baftas, British, you know, British film awards for the most part. Shape of Water came out last week, so unless a bunch of people got some screenings in well in advance and had a lot of time to think about it, I can yeah. kind of understand why it got snubbed a bit. Um, but no, so but did, they all get screeners. But so, but so did, get screeners. But so did... I know, but still, like, not as much time to think about it as, say, the films have been out for a bit longer. But also, Paddington 2 got snubbed, and apparently that is the biggest crime. I've not seen Paddington 2, but yeah... The Sally Hawkins was... snubbed from all sides. Oh, poor Sally Hawkins. Um... No, not poor Sally Hawkins. She's got a career-defining turn in this excellent she movie. She is so unbelievably good in this movie. So what is The Shape of Water, Matt, for um, for the peeps at home? The Shape uh, of Water. Um, it's a 2017 motion picture by Guillermo del Toro. Written by Guillermo del Toro. Based on a story and, by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and, and Vanessa Taylor. By Guillermo, also and, and Vanessa Taylor. Taylor. Yes. Directed um, by Guillermo del Toro. Shut from, out by Guillermo del Toro. From the mind of Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Um, it Everyone's favourite Krampus. 1962. It's, is it? It's autumn in Baltimore. Uh, Eliza Esposito is a mute um, cleaning lady at a government facility, like a science facility. Mm. And one night, they bring in a strange creature into one of the labs. Um, and as she learns more about it and gets access to the lab, she begins to develop a connection with it and learn how to communicate with it and they become close and eventually she decides that she can't let it stay in this facility that she has to do something because her and her friends are are all you know sort of broken lonely people and 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 they should help out the others uh, so she has to convince her friends to help and to, to convince her friends that this creature is is a person mm. and deserves their help and yeah she basically falls in love with the fish man yeah, it's the creature from the Black Lagoon meets Splash. Yeah, ooh, I mean meets, uh, but also yeah, any any number of romance. It's a romance. Yeah, it's a romance. Like film. Crimson Peak was was not a, a horror film. It no. was a gothic romance. This it's is ghost, not. It is a ghost story. It's yeah. not a horror film. This is not a horror film. It's a romance. It's a creature feature. It's yeah. not a horror film. Yeah. Oh, great description. It's a creature feature. It's it is a creature, creature feature. feature. Yeah. Because it comes... <laughs> it comes from the... Guillermo del Toro first got the very early seeds of inspiration for this when he was six years old. Mm-hmm. And he watched The Creature from the Black Lagoon and he was disappointed when the lead woman in that didn't fall in love with the creature and they didn't have a relationship. So he's made up for that. Yeah. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, bi- he's bided his time um, and he's finally got around to telling the version he wants. This is... Just a beautiful... It's beautiful. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's it beautiful is gorgeous. and emotional it, it and is, powerful. And it, it's odd and kind of... It's kind so of strange. Kind of dumb, but it's eloquent. It's the and most it's, it's... Guillermo del Toro film that Guillermo del Toro has ever made. That is what I was thinking. It, it, it just... It is... Everything about <laughs> him as a filmmaker and as a writer and as a person from when you, when you hear him speak in interviews, it's just... It's so eclectic and pulls together so many influences yeah. and but has this such... Such this strong visual aesthetic. So despite it pulling from all these different inspirations, mm-hmm. it's so strong and so focused at delivering this world, this fairy tale world. Because it is a fairy tale in the same way that Pan's mm. Labyrinth is a fairy tale. It's a dark fairy tale. Yeah. But it is that nonetheless. Uh, even down to the opening narration, Richard, Richard Jenkins, who again is also brilliant in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richard Jenkins, who, who plays um, Eliza's uh, neighbour, who is uh, a gay man in the 60s. Not a good thing to be in the 60s. Um, he's been sort of let go from his job at an advertising company, and he's trying to break, trying to break even as a, as a, as an artist, and he's and he's lonely and he's feels isolated, but he's very close with Eliza. Um, but there's this opening narration from him above this, the way the film opens with the gorgeous, oh my shot God, yeah. of the apartment building and everything's in the water, and he just this slow pan into the hallway of Eliza's apartment and into Eliza's apartment, and everything's floating and floating and he's talking about it and it's, and it's got and, it's and got you, you have no idea tale. what's happening at the, no. at the time it's it's there to make you feel something but it's, it, there, it's there to sort of set a tone and, and my god does it do it's, it it's a fairy tale narration from sort of setting that you'll have heard a bit of in the trailers and he describes um he describes Eliza as the princess without voice mm-hmm. and it's just oh yo this is a fairy tale this yeah. is a fairy tale guys this is what you're watching and it it just has that thing where it flips from from being, you know, almost too real in the way that it hits mm. you with things like the the way that um, Giles, who's the Richard Jenkins character, feels about his sexuality and the way he's treated and the way Eliza's treated by people around her because she can't speak. Um, and and that feels very real to the, to the times when it's... there. It just goes... In, like it opens with a dream sequence mm. and the flights of fantasy within that and and then you get the fantastical element of the creature appearing for the first time, and it's not done. It's, it's not done in in a way that is there to frighten or or it, it's never given a moment no. of. And here it is. Yeah, it's just there. Like when you first meet it, it, it is a, it's sort of a little. It's a moment of a tiny moment of horror, but you don't see it. You see it's, it's shocking. Ha- you see its hand, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" Sh- you came into a movie called shocking, The Shape of Water, yeah. and you knew what was going to be in the movie. Yeah, it's it's. The creature is introduced in exactly the way she is introduced to it. Yeah. So there's no like, ah, it's hello, hi, can we um, can can I get a look at you? It's that kind of just sort of feeling, and it feels very light. And the music as well, the music is very lilting, isn't it? It's sort of it's it's just pleasant. The music feels like it's out of, out of the first act of a Pixar movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, we're setting up the story. Yeah, and, it, and in a way, but the whole does, film's kind of like that. It's just it, this light. It does feel like a dark Pixar movie. Yeah. In live action, it's just... It, it, <laughs> it is... And it, not just because the creature effects are absolutely phenomenal. Well, it's getting Doug Jones mm. in an in incredible makeup appliance. Yeah. Just... And a beautiful performance. Like I mean, this is it's, this is. It's incredible. We were joking before, like about how how close the comparison is to places in places to Hellboy, because Doug Jones played Ape Sapien. Yeah. In in those in those movies, and and Ape Sapien eats rotten eggs. Um. So and he's a fishman. He's a fishman. He he's gotten used to as an actor swimming around in a prosthetic costume yep. and still looking quite elegant in the way he does it. So it's like okay, 
Guillermo, Guillermo's got a bit of a thing for this. It's like, no, 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 no. You want to talk about somebody who's got a bit of a thing for it. Yeah. Let's talk about Eliza. Um, um, the movie does not shy away from how odd this is. No. Uh, I don't think I don't think we go into spoilers at all while we talk about this. So don't don't worry about that. We, but yeah. I don't I don't think things we can talk about will spoil it. More give a flavour. So if you really don't yeah. don't want to know anything about it, skip to emails now. We, we, but, we um, we've said all we need to say. This movie is yeah amazing. It yeah. is. It, I I sat there <laughs> and I watched it and I was just I was I was in awe of it mm. of the majesty of it. It's just someone. Someone made this film for me. Matt really likes so. Matt really likes fish romance. I like fish romance. Um, Can you not tell from the fact that he referenced no, Splash it's just, earlier? It's just. <laughs> oh god! I bet he even likes Splash Two. Um, I, is there a Splash Two? There was a Splash oh, Two. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> uh, just... well, as I've said, they don't shy away from the fact that the the the, the romance uh, in all of its forms. Um, for these characters is odd and and and, and 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 kind of you know frightening to think about in a way, but, and, and they don't shy away from the romance because this is a mm. make no mistake, this is a horny movie. Yeah, like, and you're going to be sat there going what? But then as the more of it happens, the more you're like, no, I'm completely invested in what these characters are feeling, and I mm. want them to be together. Because um, we were saying again in the car before chatting about it, there's a wonderful scene. Where she's explaining, where Eliza's explaining to Giles, yeah. like, why she's like forcing him to look at her, like, because he's he's trying to get out the door to get to a you know a meeting, and, he, and she's like, no, li- listen, because listen. she has to, she yeah, because she's signing he ha- everything. He has to look her complete, and she's basically like, repeat back to me what I'm saying. Sally Hawkins spends this whole movie signing, yeah, and not saying anything. It's incredible. But in that one scene, she sums up why, <sighs> just, just why, and you're like, yeah. My God, I get it. Um, let's talk about the other cast. Who's, who plays her friend? At oh, work? Octavia Spencer plays. Octavia Spencer um, plays that, uh, Zelda. She's brilliant. She's up for best supporting actress for this film. Yeah, Excellent. Richard Jenkins is up for best supporting actor. Yes, Sally Hawkins is up for best actress. Yes, Doug Jones is not up for best actor. Oh, what about Shannon? Not, Shannon's not up for anything either. Oh, what um, about um, what about Stuhlbarg? Michael Stuhlbarg. Yes, it is. Yeah, he also knows. He's Excellent, but yeah, um, it's a shame that Doug Jones isn't up for it. Um, simply because, again, it's an amazing performance. But at the same time, if you're having to narrow down who sort of juggles the most, I can kind of see in terms of the dialogue. But it would be nice for a performance that is mostly done through physicality to be acknowledged. Well, especially considering that Sally Hawkins has been acknowledged for a while. Yeah, yeah. That being said, though, sign language and speech are essentially the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not a silent performance. It's, it's just a non-verbal performance. Yes. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But I mean, Doug Jones. Doug Jones is arguably is that too. But but maybe the Academy considers it like well, yeah, his yeah. performance is a marriage of of the special effects and his physicality. But even so, he definitely. This is not a man in a suit. This is a this is a character. Oh yeah. Um. In the same way, he's he's also killing it on Star Trek Discovery. Mm, in, yeah. For the same in the same way. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. Do not doubt Doug Jones. Never doubt the Jones. Guy's fucking great. He's brilliant. Um, he's in a lot of terrible movies, but he is excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the bye-bye man. Well. But he's also Abe Sapien, goddammit. Um, so, yeah. He is. Pan's Labyrinth, he was the... He um, the fawn. The yeah. And the pale man. Yep. He's an um, awesome. amazing performer. Uh, so, 
acting's phenomenal all round. I'm going to give a special shout out as well to Michael Shannon. Oh, Michael Shannon just being the most Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon being Gaston, <sighs> in a way. Not in the exact same character, but in terms of his role in the story, it's like, who really is the monster here? And the way he's lit, the way he's made up, the choices his character makes, his behaviour. As the film goes on, you're like, oh my god, you're not a nice man! He's a kind of forceful, toxic, mm. hyper-masculine, mm. sort of rigid but, but Incredibly insecure. Oh, and, yeah, exactly. Like, like, he's, everything. He's, he's the head of security who was in charge uh, of bringing this creature to its original facility, moving it to this one, and is basically meant to stay there until... Yeah. It, it, whatever happens to it happens um, and he has a hatred for it probably because he's just trying to prove how in charge he is of everything at the same time he's sort of trying to manage his life into a more positive outlook yeah. like he's, he doesn't feel he's positive enough and it's all about confidence so like at one point, at one point there's an entire sequence in the movie that is irrelevant to the plot it's just for his character oh, yeah. where he goes out and buys a new car and then drives it. And, and you're it's just like, okay, right. And it's all for just a little bit of payoff later that is all about watching his behaviour and how he reacts to things. And he's very, he's a religious man, but he's a, he's a sexual scumbag. There's, there's, you know, there's, um, Lucy was saying when we were watching the film, she said, after the film, she was like, I was really worried what they were going to do with him was have him like try and sexually assault someone at one point mm. i'm glad they didn't but they still made a point of being like this guy's just like one yeah. bad decision away from raping someone yeah, like he's basically. that insecure that he's like he would he would be insulted that someone wouldn't find him sexually attractive yeah. everything everything that he does mm. is um compensation for his insecurity yeah everything that he does yeah and then he's put like he's put in an incredibly difficult position by his superiors and it's like the the better man, you know, like the nicer man would just admit defeat and tell them, I'm sorry, no, this can't be done. But he's like, no, he has to prove himself. And he doesn't care who gets hurt. He doesn't care how, pe- how he intimidates people, how he damages people's lives. He doesn't care. He does not fail. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, God. He's, he's frightening in this. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Chandler But also, but also really guy. pathetic and it's yeah. like, it, it, it's that volatile kind of performance that's really good. Um, uh, who, who is it? Um, Michael Stuhlbarg, who's the, uh, the, yeah. the scientist. Yeah, he's wonderful. <sighs> Michael Stuhlbarg is brilliant in everything he's in. <laughs> but he, he's, he's one of those actors who turns up in so much stuff. Yeah. And every t- Like Richard Jenkins, in fact. Yeah. Every time you see him, you go, all right, we're good. We're safe hands. Yeah. At least as long as he's on screen, we're fine. We're going to have a good time. Because he's brilliant. Or at least be invested in what's going on. Yeah, his story, yeah. His story's excellent. Um, and just the look at the movie. I like the way the movie doesn't make a thing of the, of the facility at all. It's not a thing. No. Like, she shows up, she clocks in, she goes to work, and we're just watching uh, Eliza and Zelda like cleaning a jet engine in the middle of yeah. a giant lab. And, and there's all these secret things and people walking around in suits and, and you know, very hush-hush talks and like, all these so... computer banks. And it's, it's just, the film's just like, yeah, they work in a top-secret facility that experiments with weird shit. What of it? But also it's emblematic <laughs> of, the way, of the way they're sort of ignored as the cleaners. Yeah. And the way they're sort of brushed to the side. As... Yeah. And all, I think nearly all the cleaning staff and like non-scientific staff in that institute mm. are all minorities of, 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 of a different yeah. kind. Yeah. Uh, of whatever kind. Why am I um, asking the shit wipers and the piss cleaners? Yeah. It's just like, oh, God. It's it's just... So, yeah, and, and it is... Guillermo, as a film a... fan, gets to 
show off his film fan chops as well. Oh, yeah. In terms of old cinema, especially like... Um, yeah, Eliza and Giles, Little Woman, old cinema. Yeah. Giles is always watching um, like musicals, musicals on, t- um, on TV. Uh, just like that that element there, just the little moments of dance. There's one very big homage to like yeah. sort of the romantic sort you know song pieces of old, and it's pretty damn I just, good. I I it, it's it's rendered I, me I, speechless. I know you I know you is. love your Guillermo. Oh yeah. What what what? Pri- forgetting Shape of Water for a moment. Yeah. What prior to this would you say was like your favorite? Like what what Guillermo del Toro movies did you seen, and what what would you say was your fave of of them, and and why before then? My favorite of them is probably probably Pan's Labyrinth. It is pretty damn great. Um, I've not watched that for a few years. Closely but followed by Crimson Peak for a lot of the same reasons mm. as Shape of Water. It's just it's a very beautiful film. Pulls in lots of different. Um, Inspirations and makes it all coherent. And the visuals um, again, just, like, just visually, and again, like creature gorgeous. performance from Javier Bardet, uh, whatever his name is, like the actor who plays all the ghosts in it. Like he's, uh, it's not heavy about him because that's not heavy about him. It's like it's like it's like Javier Bardet or something like that. I I probably got that wrong, but he's he's amazing. He's again like Doug Jones, an actor mm-hmm. who because like in his case because of his proportions, Doug Jones is very tall and, and this guy is, is is very tall. He's like seven foot five, something like that. So he gets to play lots of of, you know, um eerie creature roles and things like that. Like the body standing for Mama and Craig Javier Botet. Javier Botet there is. But Doug Jones also does play uh, at least one of the ghosts in that as well. Yeah, but like the, um, it's that whole thing of Guillermo's able to utilize characters and things like oh, that and yeah. make them frightening, but also really engaging and compelling to watch. He's he's a really good director in the sense that he knows how to construct visual spectacle, but he also knows how to bring how to bring out character, mm. the smallest things. Like uh, the way the film opens uh, on Eliza's daily routine mm-hmm. tells you everything you need to know about that character. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. In what? Three minutes, two minutes? Yeah. Less than that. Maybe slightly longer, if you count the dream sequence. <laughs> I know, but from no, from when from she wakes up yeah. to when you see you go to work. And the fact that it, yeah, I mean the fact that we then see that exact same routine the next day and you get the idea that she she sort of you know, like the the clockwork of her day, but yeah. she's not she's not run down by it. Like no. she's she's not like, Yay, my life is great but she's not like I hate my life. She's in this happy middle ground. And she has her way of life, and she likes it. It's a great, uh, but but it, you realise as the film goes on, it's because she's found that happy medium after years of really feeling like she doesn't have a choice to be happy or not, uh, and to be liked. And it's some wonderful work. There's a great description um, here. The game, Diego Diego del Toro said about Sally Hawkins said, mm. "Not only was she the first choice for Eliza, she was the only choice." Hey. I wrote the movie for Sally. I wrote the movie for Michael, for Michael Shannon. Uh, Sally, I wanted the character of Eliza to be beautiful in her own way, not in a way that's like a perfume commercial kind of way, that you could believe this character, this woman, would be sitting next to you on the bus, but at the same time she would have a luminosity, a beauty, almost magical, ethereal. And she is, in that way, sort of... Yeah. She just sort of... She's a beacon to the others around her. Yeah. And the way that she brings people together through this film, and the way that... The what she inspired in other people, and Sally Hawkins doing all that with uh, her face and sign, mm-hmm. and 
But being able to and, inflict and, and her tapping, oh, and her tapping. <laughs> but it, it, even being able to inf- the way she inflects the sign language mm. in the same way that, that you would when, you, when you're speaking, you would inflect your speech. Yeah, particularly like you say, it just again to come back to that scene with with Giles where she's explaining to him why she has to save um, the amphibian man as, as he's credited. Yeah, um, they never really give him. A, they don't give him a name. No, doesn't need one. They just call him him or. Yeah, or it, depending on how human, how dehumanising they want to be towards him. Um, it's just... Or that thing you shouldn't <sighs> let near a cat. Um, she's, she's just incredible in this. Yeah, she's... And again, like even in the scenes where she's not signing, it's the physical performance, the more intimate yeah. stuff. She's saying everything you need to know through the way she's looking, the way like the way she looks at him. You know which scene I'm talking mm. about specifically, the, yeah. the towel... Oh, yeah, it's it's just it's gorgeous, and again, fairy tale, but with that weird little wraparound of here is a real world that we know happened yeah. and know about, and and there'd be so much if this I do, was I made. Do love, by I do love when modern fairy tales go. We're going to set yeah. this in the recent past. Yeah, so, so there's still and that fantastical element, but we can and it still we can play in... with it. I think Tim Burton was a big reason why that sort of happened. Yeah, so I like think that, he's kind that... of. Original Timber. <clears throat> yeah, like, the films. Really the hope... films feel like they exist in a real world, but a stylized version of a not too long ago yeah. past. Like no, I, mm. Guillermo del Toro made, very, very much makes mm. real world adjacent films. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying Re- to think of my real world films that are just like a step to the right of Guillermo del Toro. I'm trying to think of my favorite of, of, of the real world. I'm trying to think of Guillermo del Toro movies I've seen. Blade Two. Hellboy. Oh, Blade Hellboy two, two is fucking great as well, isn't Blade it? Is pretty great. Mimic. I've still not seen Mimic, but oh, yeah. great. Is that the one with um, Adrian Brody? Uh, no, you're thinking of Splice. I'm thinking of Splice. Mimic is like late 90s horror yeah. about cockroaches who camouflage themselves as people. Oh my god! in like the sewers of is that, uh, a city. That's it's some great. Of this, I've just realised as well, Guillermo's trajectory has basically been making sort of weird, strange, mainstreamy, superhero-y kind of things. And then in the last like ten years, he's been able to go. And now I'm going to tell the stories I'd I'd really like to tell. But you can still feel his influences, and yet his mainstreamy, schlocky horror superhero stuff doesn't feel by the numbers, but in any way. I think Hell, I think Hellboy's the weak link out of the ones I've seen. Weirdly, yeah, I really like I, Hellboy, I think it rushes, but... it rushes along and doesn't let you, doesn't let the characters develop. Like you don't really get to know Red, but all of a sudden there's a scene yeah. where him and a kid are on a rooftop complaining about. Someone being on a date. And it's just, do you know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, what is this? I've not seen a lot of his earlier stuff. So I've not seen Kronos. No. Let's have a look at some good filmography. But I've seen Mimic. Yeah. Um, and I've not seen The Devil's Backbone. God, he really made a lot of films um, in that period, didn't he? Blade 2, I've seen. Hellboy, I've seen. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, Labyrinth I've I love. Seen. Hellboy, Hellboy 2, The Golden 2, Army, I really, really like. like that. And do you know what it is? The, the, the scene that did it for me, it made me go, I prefer this to the other one. Mm. It's the, uh, it's the, old, the, what's it? The fairy tale, like the market. The troll, the troll market. The troll market. Yeah. Just, oh my God. Like, a scene that other films have tried to kind of emulate and just can't do it. And it... And, and it's, <laughs> Do- Doctor Who, Rings of Akaten, oh feels God. like someone watched that and went, we'll kind of do that. And it just well, doesn't The great work. thing about Hellboy 2 The Golden Army, not just as a film, <laughs> but as an adaptation, is that mm. it, it doesn't... It hews further from the source material in terms of the story it's telling. Yeah. But in terms... For, than, the, than the original Hellboy. Yeah. 
but in the terms of the tone of it yeah. and the feel of it, it feels way more like the Hellboy yeah. comics, even yeah. though it's not pulling any plot stuff from that no, whatsoever. It's, 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 it's definitely a child of its influences. Yeah. And it's, and uh, it's but, it is, but it absolutely is a more, mm. a more faithful adaptation in terms of the feel of it as a film yeah. than the original Hellboy is. Um, um, let's have a look. Blade Two's fucking like Blade Two's great. Blade Two is great. It's Blade, really be, good. Best, best of the best of the Blade movies. Like Mimic is, is best of the two Blade movies they made. Mimic the two is two Blade is, movies uh, that were made. Yeah, those two Blade movies, Blade and Blade Two, Blade and Blade Two, and nothing else. Definitely watch Mimic. Mm-hmm. Definitely watch it. It's it's really good fun. I'm trying to think which other um, things I've seen. Um, Del Toro's peak is amazing. Del Toro has since disowned the film because he fell out over it with with Bob Weinstein. Okay, because uh, Bob Weinstein, which is the same, Bob Weinstein also killed off the Hellraiser franchise when he oh. when he, when he got pissy with the director of uh, Hell or uh, Kevin Yeager, who did who did Hellraiser yeah. Bloodline, the yeah. fourth one, was the last the actual one, which basically that's that's an interesting story and and that might be something I explore in the future because um, <laughs> that is an interesting movie. Uh, but yeah, Mimic's really good. Uh, if schlock, it's schlock it like early. <laughs> Like late nineties B movie stuff, yeah, which is right on Guillermo's area. But it's what you know, it's what put it's what put him on the way to doing Blade Two, and then yeah. a Hellboy, and then Pan's Labyrinth mm. is a masterpiece. Hellboy that Simpsons two. Simpsons open. This is directing credits. That Simpsons. Yeah. I've yeah that that opening couch sequence of the Simpsons is actually brilliant. Pacific Rim. Oh, that is a lot of fun. Pac Rim is great. PT, of course. He was working on PT. Yeah, yeah. that is amazing. I've got I've, um, I've got that on two PlayStation. Oh, we could yes. sell them and make at least twenty quid. Um, I don't. I've not seen any of the strain. Is no, the strain any good? I've not seen any of the strain. I thought um, Dobby Fred the Dark was one of his, but no, he's producer on that. He's, that, he's that, pro- fi- that feels like Guillermo del Toro light. He's like pro- it doesn't quite work for me that one. And Mama, I think as well, he's producer on that as well, which is much better. I've not seen Mama's not was... amazing, but it's one of those films where you're like, I didn't love this, but I love Jessica Chastain's performance. I love the look of the movie. Yeah. And I'd like to see where this goes, and where it went was it 2017. Yeah, so. which was great. Huzzah! Um, and then um, yeah, he's the, he's the producer on Troll Hunters and Strange TV series. Yeah. Troll Hunters is a kids TV show, which looks great. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's directed a couple of episodes of them, but I've not checked them out. Crimson Peak is just beautiful. Yeah, it's um, gorgeous. But I think he's just on an upwards trajectory. Um, I want his Haunted Mansion movie, and I want it now. I want his uh, uh, the Mountains of Madness movie. Yeah, and I want it. Yesterday, okay, you get that yesterday, and I get home mentioned. I want, I want it in 2012 <laughs> when it should have been being made, but then Prometheus came out and was shit, yeah. and was all, and also used a lot of similar plot, ele- plot mm. elements to it, the Matters of Madness, and sort of killed that. Another thing Dead. to be angry with Ridley Scott at. Dead. I want his um, mansion movie, and I want it now. Like, have you ever seen his house tour? A couple of shows have like gone into his house. His oh, house yeah. is like it's part Gothic yeah, manor, yeah, yeah. part like wood wooden floor, part like. A, apartment like luxury apartment and it's just full of memorabilia it's like a mini museum it's it's your tap cave taken to the nth degree yeah but it's got some floor space in some of the rooms <laughs> not all of the rooms have you seen that one where it's just full of classic monster movie stuff movie monster stuff yeah and it's just there's no walk like no room to move it's like it's, it's beautiful it's full of mannequins and, and masks and, and like cloaks and, and mannequins coming in costumes and but he's got like He's got an entire shrine to the Haunted Mansion. He loves the Haunted Mansion. Would it surprise you... And him and Ryan Gosling are still technically working on the movie. It's just not happening anytime soon. Would it surprise you to learn that The Shape yes. of Water... No, <laughs> ...was originally pitched to Universal oh. as a Creature from the Black Lagoon reboot, but they turned it down because they were working on Dark Universe? 
so it's Edgar Wright's Ant-Man in a way. But what happened here was the person in charge went, all right, I'll take this away and I'll do what I want to do with it. I'm glad yeah. it went the way it went, put it that way. Imagine if it had ended up being part of the Dark Universe can you, imagine if, can you imagine if this movie started off the Dark Universe? Then you might be in for a treat. Yeah, but then it'd all... Well, yeah. Because if you Would really, they totally follow this one? If you really want to get someone to launch a shared universe of monster <laughs> movies, classic universal monster movies... Why the fuck didn't you go to Guillermo del Toro in the first place? Because they're idiots. If something is not in your archives, Universal, do you know where it is? It's in Guillermo del Toro's personal (laughs) fucking collection! (laughs) So you go to him! Or just remake Monster Squad. He's made a better Creature of the Black Lagoon movie than anyone else ever has! Even more so than the original Creature of the Black Lagoon! Did you notice the like they didn't? It wasn't framed to be like, look at this. But did you notice the obvious homage to a particular shot toward the end? Uh, the yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, there it is. There's, there's oh, your one man. straightforward like that's a reference to Creature from the Black Lagoon. There it is. Without going into spoilers, <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about the ending? It was a fairy tale ending. So, yeah, I'm for it. It was odd. I think it was it odd. It was odd. And, but, I, and I do I do worry about two characters where their story will go from that point. Yeah, yeah. But considering uh, the opening narration, I don't think it goes in a terrible direction. No. Um, and also, what I did like, about, again, without going into spoilers, what I do like about the ending is, yes, it is fairy tale, and yes, it is strange, but actually, it's very well foreshadowed throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And uh, there, there are moments... When when the ending comes along, you're going, of course. Oh, actually, <laughs> all these different moments now make sense, yeah. and all these things about uh, these characters and and their habits actually make perfect sense. Um, and yes, of course, this isn't. It's not. It's, it doesn't come out of nowhere, even though it is odd. Mm. Um, I that's, that's all I've got to say about the shape of water. Rated eighteen for pussy fingers and cheek holes. Rated fifteen. Um, rated it should be rated eighteen for pussy fingers and cheek holes. There is, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and pussy by as in oozing puss. Yeah, not we're as not in, being uh, we're not being gross there. No, well, well we are. Well, we are, <laughs> but we're not being sexually gross. Um, <laughs> what we what although, we're doing visually in the room without you seeing is our business. Although this is a horny movie, yeah. but not gratuitously so. No, it's like not. the way they deal with the nudity and the sex. It's all about. It's all about character. It's not about titillation. And I think a lesser director mm. than Guillermo del Toro would have definitely played on the titillation of of seeing. They would have been like in this yeah. heart, eh? in this seeing, heart. And this is look not at, about that. Look at look at look at this character naked. Isn't that isn't that the heart? And that's in, what I really liked about about it was that in although there is nudity in it, it's purely functional. Like yeah. There's no there's no. Uh, Her style and grace. Nice. None of that shit. Yeah, and the, the, but <laughs> to the point where like, I, th- I think this creature understands that the belly button is not the place to place your penis. It's just the way the <laughs> fr- the, the Guillermo frames the shots <laughs> to have as little nudity in it as possible. Yes. Yeah. And, and, so and not, not in a, we're covering it up just in a. Yeah. This isn't the important. The nudity yeah, this is not what important. You need to look at. The connection is important. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. It's beautifully performed. The dialogue is great in this. Like the script is wonderful because it's very simple, 
and the film seems to just flow along based on how people are feeling. It's a yeah. film about emotions and a feeling of belonging, and 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 what people do, or what people will do, just to feel whole and not, like you said before, broken or rejected or marginalised. Because, uh, like, even Michael Shannon's character feels broken and underappreciated, but it's the lens he will go yeah. to feel. And it's about whole. the way that that he deals mm. with it. Yeah, which is... and, and how, but when there are people around him in this movie, characters we're following who deal with much, much bigger prejudices, yeah, and how they're dealing with it in a much more measured way, but how they're really feeling inside, and it's oh, it's wonderful. I cannot recommend The Shape of Water highly enough. Yeah, and I hope it gets all the Oscars. Yeah, it got Best Director at the back, Best Animated of... Feature, yes, Best Music Video, and a couple of a couple of um... Best Short Film. Well, before we move on, let's let's see what it's actually nominated for. Because uh, uh, all the acting, apart from Doug Jones, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, uh, it is. That's my official response. It's nominated for thirteen Oscars. Jesus wept. Um, that's Lord of the Rings style numbers, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the Return of the King was nominated for one fourteen. Just think, we were going to have a Guillermo del Toro Hobbit movie. Back, um, back when it was two films originally, it was going to be Peter Jackson directs the second part. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro directs the first part. Yeah. Interesting. 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 I think he's still um, credited. I think, uh, yeah, as, I think as they like, usually um, just design work and script stuff, so yeah. Yeah, he's credited as like um, an executive producer, but like in that marquee style of he wasn't a producer like throughout the project. It's all the work he did before the films began. It's like. The same way Stan Lee's an executive producer. He's not there every day doing executive producer work. But he has obviously contributed. And it's like, yeah, we're going to... Marquee. Marquee name. There you go. Stan Lee. Um, It is nominated for... Best Picture? Best Director. Ah, Best Picture. Yeah. Best uh, Leading Actress for Sally Hawkins. Best Supporting Actor for Richard Jenkins. Best Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer. Um, Best Best Original Score. Uh, best original screenplay, yeah. uh, best cinematographer, best costume design, best sound editing, best sound mixing, best film editing, best production design. I mean, I want it to win all of those. It, at the BAFTAs, it was nominated for pretty much all the same things, but it only won for it won for best director. Okay, good. And then it also won for um, uh, best original score and best production design. I mean, either way, we've said it before, like. Nominations are more important than the wins because it, it lost best film to three billboards. It's so. acknowledgement. I, I, what I love about people have seen three, three billboards bill- and have really liked it. What I love, what I've I just about don't three, get it. The three billboards response is I've seen people passionately saying about, oh no, yeah, no, it's definitely the best. It's the best picture, absolutely. And I'm like, I heard I heard your review of it when we talked about like, it the week, and I was like, it. it doesn't scream best picture to me. It screams good movie, really well made, but it's great performances. Yeah. Um, I just, I just want, I just want Shape of Water to win all the things for multiple reasons, but also just to be like a Guillermo del Toro movie about a lady falling in love with and and fucking a fish is the best thing, and this award ceremony is acknowledging it. And on that, I know it's not as simple as that. And there's a lot more to it, but yeah. I just love the idea of it being like, what the fish fucking movie? Yeah, <laughs> they got all the awards. Yes, the fish fucking movie. Um, failing that get out best picture um, all, all the jokes we've made though about it being the movie where Sally Hawkins fucks a fish like 
it is reductive to describe it as that. Yeah. It's funny. It's it's we're doing we're, do, we're doing it like we're doing it for yeah, the but, sake of um, generalizing comedy. Yeah, and you know it's a funny thing to say, but also this is a gorgeous movie. And yes, it's, and it's <laughs> and it's a more believable and affecting romance than you will find in ninety percent of other romantic movies. Like, it's a more romantic movie than any of the Fifty Shades movies. That's for fucking sure. Did you watch Jenny Nicholson's uh, breakdown? <sighs> Of uh, Fifty Shades Freed. No, no. It, give yourself 25 minutes. Is it, oh, I think it's called She Burns Fifty Shades Freed in 25 Minutes. I'll, like that. I'll give it a watch tonight while, it's I'm, hilarious. Uh, while I'm playing some Warframe. Oh, um, how romantic. You need to get on Warframe, Cocker. I think we need to get on loads of things. I need someone to play with. <laughs> and then we can put Warframe on. Yeah. Speaking of filth, you guys Emails. have been emailing in. Um, Luke. <laughs> Hi, Luke. Hello, Luke. Um... Yes, Luke, I did skip a bit of your email last time, uh, mm. purely for time. Yeah, we're um, trying to keep it a little more concise, even though I think we still was a two-hour episode. However, it is worth talking about, because congratulations, um, you, went to this ha- you went to the House of Commons last week to attend the finalist event for a film, the House competition. Oh, pretty cool. So it was a film competition mm-hmm. that he entered. Um, had a great chat with Paramount. Yeah. Although I accidentally told him that he hates the look of the new Heather's show. <laughs> Unaware, what? unaware until he got back to the hotel and it was them. So yeah, we've all been there, mate. I, I was in the radio green room once talking about how, um, a certain actor. I'd heard, <laughs> I I'd, heard, I'd heard stories that he was unpleasant to work with, and all I'd, I'd worked with him myself, and all, and found him to be, um, not particularly unpleasant, but you know, a little standoffish. Standoffish. Only, yeah. to, only to find out that the. This one of the younger actors in the room is dating his like goddaughter or something. Oh god! It's like, oh well. Uh, I hope this doesn't. Yeah. I hope you take this criticism on board. Not that particularly care. But Pass like... it back up to him. Pass it up the yeah. chain. Um, <laughs> As Paramount, hopefully, will be like, oh, that's a shame. This kid seemed really passionate about others. Maybe we should. Uh... Maybe we should do a few things differently. Luke says, I also spoke with the BBFC and Motion Picture Association as well as exchanging Instagram usernames with the under-16 winner. That's what kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> it's all on Instagram. That's where all the net- networking is. Forget LinkedIn. It's all on fucking Instagram. LinkedIn forgot oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the worst of it. Um, I use it just so I've got a version of a CV somewhere that I can refer to. Overall, it was a great event and those who have seen it enjoyed my film. So hey. link to your film, Luke. Let's have a look at that. Um, tweet it to Big Damn Cast and we'll spread it. Yeah. Watch the producers yet, Matt? <laughs> no. No, he's been a very no. busy boy. I haven't. Um, he's been playing Warframe. <laughs> I, I know that in a fortnight, for my oh. birthday, happy birthday for a fortnight, um, or whenever it is relative to this, probably a week. Happy birthday to um, you. Happy birthday to I, you. For whenever it happens, happy birthday to you. I'm getting the complete box set of Angel. Is it good? Is it the Torchwood of Buffet? Um... If I leave the email here, then it is hopefully short enough for you to read the whole damn thing on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, um, it's, it's it's yeah. Yes. Uh, if you if Angel you watch, is great. Angel is amazing. If you've watched Buffy, um, then watch Angel. I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't necessarily recommend Angel without Buffy. No, because yeah. I not because it doesn't hold up on its own. It definitely does. But I I think the experience is enriched a lot. More. You'll get more out of it. Yeah, and um. Um, it's also, uh, its first series is a lot bolder in terms of the violence. Yeah. And it was the first 18 I ever owned myself. It was the Angel season one. Oh shit, yeah, that first yeah. season had some pretty uh, dark stuff. Uh, series four gets a bit bollocks, and some of series three in terms of the overall story arc, but by that point the cast has expanded to a lot of lovely yeah. characters who you like spending time with. 
so that's fine. But series one, I think, still weirdly, series one's my favourite. I think because season five's it's, really strong. You have season five. Season five is um, ama- season five is amazing because it's like Buffy's ended. We've got a suspicion we might be ending. Balls to the wall. Let's try everything we've never dared do before. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately they found out as the series was coming to a close production wise that yeah they weren't going to get another one. So uh, spoiler yeah. alert: it doesn't have a definitive ending. But it kind of does. There are mathematically also... it as a definitive ending. Similar to Buffett, if you want to carry on the story after the show, there are comics which are considered canonical. But I'm not really. Di- They're fun. I've, I've 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 got like eight volumes of of Buffy season eight. And I'm it's not just very fun. For a while, the Angel rights and the Buffy rights were with different publishers. Yeah, I think they've resolved so, that now. I think it's all with Dark Horse now. Yeah, but for a while, Buffy like Dark Horse had Buffy, and I think. Yeah, that's. I think that's Dark Horse produced those. Yeah, um, I think IDW, IDW had uh, Angel for a bit. Yes. Um, yeah. So I don't. I, yeah. And the only thing, the only thing keeping continuity in place was the fact that Joss Whedon would sort of oversee both yeah. the comic series for a while. I think he writes the first couple of volumes of. Uh, yeah, that the first eight yeah, issues Buffy of does. Buffy season. I don't know. How, I don't know. The how. villain in that first section is a character called Twilight as well, which was wonderfully meta for when the oh, comic was published. Joss. Um, yeah, no, the comics are great. Uh, but yeah, Angel's fantastic. Series 5 is really fun. Series 1's great. It's got a main cast of pretty much just four characters over the course of 22 episodes in Series 1. And you get to care about them a lot. Um, things to look out for. Uh, oh, God. Uh, not to spoil it too much, but it kind of is a spoiler. Spike's inclusion in Series 5 is a freaking joy mm. to the cast. Like, it's just a wonderful addition. Um, Doyle in Series 1 is wonderful. Cordelia gets to expand beyond the... Because uh, in Series 3 of Buffy, we got to really know Cordelia because uh, she put her defences down and, yeah, and became yeah. a part of the main cast. Uh, over the course of Angel, she develops wonderfully as a character and Charisma Carpenter is excellent. David Boreanaz is a really fun lead because he's just so stoic and kind of boring on purpose. Yeah. Um which sounds weird as a compliment, but watch it and you'll see what I mean. He uh, gets to do more as the series goes yeah, on, and it's, uh, it's exciting to see And him. if you watch Buffy, sort of. you know a show about Angel is going to have Angelus in it at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, so. Faith is a recurring cast member, and she's a great addition. Uh, oh, God, just Fred and Gunn and, and Wesley. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. Smile Time is a big highlight. Smile Time is probably my favourite episode of the entire so show. So freaking sinister. Uh, it's so freaking sinister. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... Just took into Angel Man. I hope you enjoy it. And, took and writing. As, You're far into as, the, as far as the, the Torchwood to to Buffy, um, no, because it's good. Hey, I enjoyed Torchwood. By the time by the time <laughs> Angel and Buffy end, I preferred Angel to Buffy. I think Angel Angel is adult television that, unlike Torchwood, wasn't also thinking this is adult television, but just in case, we'll make it a little. We'll put, we'll put some swears in and put some sex in. Yeah, no. Well, that Angel's... second episode of Torchwood, which is literally all about But, but it's the second episode of Angel. Fucking hell. It's the second episode of Angel. Yeah, but Angel does it better. That's what I mean. The second episode of Angel is about a demon that transfers during copulation. It, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't actually have someone fucking in a bathroom in a nightclub. And exploding into things. Uh, wasn't that written by Chris Chibnall? I'm not sure. I think it might have been. 
Oh. I think it might have been. Oh, let's have a oh, look. Oh, God, I think let's it might have, have been Torchwood episode two. Uh, oh. Oh. Oh, I, 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 oh. It might be It might be a Russell script, but it, I, I think Russell I suspect it's was a the lead script. writer. I think Rusty was the lead writer for episode one, uh, and then it was like a tone setting for episode two, but I've got ooh. a feeling. No, Chibnall the Cyberwoman. Yeah, no, Chibnall did Cyber, Cyberwoman. Yeah, who did um, who did the second one? Was it all uh, Rusty? Was it all might, Rusty it D? It might have been Rusty D. I can't find the episodes. I love him, but it's not, it's not the best. Uh, ooh, day one it is... Uh, Rusty D and Chris Chibnall! There we go. Uh, created by Rusty Davis, written by Chris Chibnall. There we go. Oh, so is a Chris Chibnall script. Yeah, Chris! Chibbers! No. No! <laughs> is it the H-Bomber guy? But just like, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's, it is, it's... Oh God! <laughs> Cyberwoman. Um, oh, angels. This next one comes in from Tom Monty. Tom Monty, the He's the man with fingers that he uses to type. I haven't. I have no idea what your fingers are like. Unless he doesn't have hands, <laughs> in which case he. Uses his feet, da, 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 maybe or a, his nose. Maybe a speech to text. Or maybe a speech to text. That's pretty good with punctuation. Um, dear. Oh, oh, it failed this Christoph time. It's, it's just the Mark. word dear. Oh no, there's um, more to. Finally got round to watching Pixar's Coco this week, and I really liked it. I remember you had a section on one of your recent podcasts about it, but I had to skip it in case of spoilers. When I started, when I started. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> lovely. it's wonderful. I physically teared up during the process of viewing the film, and not many films can make me do that, so props to it for that. <laughs> the only minor problem I had for the story was spoilers for the viewers who haven't viewed. You have been warned. Da-da. Spoilers for Coco. Uh, the fact that Ernesto turned out to be the big villain at the end. As much as it worked well with the story that was being told, this was too predictable for me at least. And it's been done before many a time, especially by Pixar, where the inspirational, seemingly nice good guy character turns out to be an ass. <laughs> E.G. Up. Um, I just feel that they could have been more creative. Other than that, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I, think for yeah. me, I think for me, what I enjoyed the most about it was just the performances and the tone yeah. and the music and the style. Like, I agree, there are some tried and tested Pixar tropes. Oh, in absolutely, there absolutely. That are, are a little um, recycled. But I think I think the m- I think the more important revelation though isn't that Ernesto is is a, is a bad guy, but that he's not uh, Miguel's grandfather. Yeah, that's more the yeah. the reveal. But yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Uh, didn't bother me personally. Um, tropes are not bad. No, but the, um, trope, trope is not a dirty word. No, uh, but it it's... they can be lazy, but it's not dirty. Yeah, I, I don't think be it's... lazy but not dirty. Be lazy but not dirty. <laughs> that soundtrack's been on repeat in the house. It's very good. Well, it's because Lucy's been repeating it, but uh, there's a different soundtrack on repeat in the house at the minute. Yeah, it's behind me on the desk over there. Yeah, little, uh, I can see it. Yeah, it's freaking beautiful. It's the Black Album, but not the one you think. <laughs> Look it up. Don't think that was a racial thing. No. Um, but I mean, but also, anyway, it's um, freaking great. Um, yeah, I enjoyed Coco. I'm glad you enjoyed it, even though you found you had some problems with it. So that's yeah. awesome. That's well, it's, cool. It's perfectly as I'm sure we've, we've flawed things can be beautiful. It's perfectly fine. To like something and then acknowledge the faults with it. Like I, there's plenty of shit that I like <laughs> that is much worse than <laughs> than I have any right 
to be enthusiastic about. Like, some of the shit that I really like. Like, oh, I don't know, uh, Transformers the movie. Or oh, fucking the, the original Transformers animated series, which okay, is fair enough. <laughs> not great, but I just love it. Um, what else? Like, Look at my DVD shelf, like, immediately in front of my eyes, like, Hostel and Hostel Part 2. I know they're dreadful, oh, I still man. kind of enjoy them. Yeah, kind of dreadful. Tremors! <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of pants. Yeah. But I really yeah. like it. So to see where you're coming from. Um, yeah, you know, how many how many terrible horror movies do we like between us that are a bit pants? I mean, so. I, I own the first four Paranormal Activities, so that says quite a bit. Yeah. But I mean, really. if you get if you get to the end of the Coco and all you really have to complain about is that, then I think, I think they've done pretty well. So yeah, good times. Um, on the topic of Pixar, I'm assuming you've both seen the new Incredibles 2 trailer. Yeah, it's odd. I've seen quite a bit of criticism around it, and I have to agree that I'm regrettably sceptical about mm. it after watching it, only because I'm probably my great, only because it's probably my greatest, most great left. Jesus Christ, I can't read today. Uh, anticipated sequel of all time. Uh, what did you think of it, and do you think it will live up to the original? I get the criticisms for the trailer, and I think it's it's because the most interesting plot point of the movie really is. Who are these people who are hiring superheroes and what's Elastigirl's side of this story? Like, what's she up to? What are these missions she's going on? Like, what's all that? The new trailer sort of focuses too much on the, again, tried, tested and sort of done formula of the dad's finding it hard to be a parent. Juggling kids is hard. And, and it's like, but... yes, that there's going to be, we know it's Pixar. We know there's going to be emotional weight to that. We know there's going to be really good comedy from that. But as the trailer, like the first trailer with chunks of footage in properly, it's sort of like, really? Mm. This is what you're giving us? Like, show us Elastigirl doing some really cool stuff. Like, show me Elastigirl! Show us more of Bob Odenkirk's character. Like, we introduced him in this trailer, but then they move on really quickly. It's like, I want to see more of that. So I, I get it. I, I'm a little... Bob Odenkirk isn't real. I'm a little... <laughs> Bob Odenkirk is a dream. <laughs> Made flesh. Um, I, I, I get it. I get people's problem with the trailer and it has actually made me feel a bit more like oh okay all right then yeah. but i'm still i'm still eager i did my waiting 14 years of it so I, I i i wasn't at a point where i was like i can't wait for this i was just like oh i, I i'm glad they finally got around to realizing the incredibles is one that should be sequelized yeah um, for, for someone who's uh, really into the original yeah. incredibles i'm surprisingly not sure no yeah just like or is the french shay shay or is the french shay Les nonchalons! Les nonchalons! Baby, don't hurt me! Monsieur Incroyable! Hello! Bon voyage! Oh, God. <laughs> That's the stuff I want to see more. And I'm actually upset, weirdly, not upset, it's an exaggeration, but I'm actually upset in this trailer by the sight of a scene with the Underminer. Because I'm like, no, that was a fun gag at the end of the last one. It was a fun gag. Like the other weird supervillains we saw in the last one. It was just a fun like reference to the influences well, of the I movie. Th I think they said it's going to pick up like directly. Oh, in the trailer there's like a lion system. Like, ah, you never thought you'd see me again or something like oh, that. I was like, then. oh, it's like... But I suppose they've got to get the John Ratzenberg cameo in somewhere. So there he is again. Yeah, it is. But it's like... But Underminer. It's pretty great. They did a whole game it's based pretty... around him. Yeah. The Rise of the Underminer. That was the sequel. <laughs> that was the direct sequel. I wonder if it's ages. canon. Um, um, probably not. But like bomb, I just want to see stuff like Bomb Voyage oh and the Underminer. I want to see. So I want to see Elastigirl fighting shite supervillains. You know what I mean? Mm. 
And I also, weirdly, I think Bob Odenkirk's character is the villain from something I've read, but I don't want it to be the head of the corporations, actually. The villain, because it's like, <laughs> look at Disney telling us that corporations are evil. <laughs> um, what? Love, love you, Mickey. But, um, but still, yeah. Praise the mouse god. Offer Praise tribute. the mouse god. Offer tribute. How about a uh, 214 million opening weekend for Black Panther? Does that sound like a good tribute? Oh. Still counting. They're still counting what the taking was for the opening four-day weekend. Yes. Let the cash flow through you. (laughs) (laughs) Let the cash flow through us all. Let the cash flow through you. Fucking kidding me. Um, namaste to you all if you want to get in touch during the week please do at Big Damn Cast on Twitter we oh, also the yes. Big Damn channel on the YouTube on the Big Damn Contact at gmail.com gmail? gmail what are you doing next week cocker? Uh, I don't know what I don't, I don't know if there is anything on the horizon actually yeah. in terms of specific topics should we do a topic episode? <gasps> maybe we shall keep an eye on Twitter while we decide what it is folks um, use your eyes use your thighs like Tom does Magic to type thighs. emails. He uses his thighs to type emails because he's got no arms or feet. That's canon now. <laughs> that's big damn canon. Big damn that, That's number one. Hey! Bye, everyone! Oh, see you later. Bye, Wakanda forever. Bye. 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 She fucks a fish. Bye. <laughs> Bye.